the human-centric podcast the podcast all about the talents of today and tomorrow presented by deutsche telekom Yes. So hello, all you ladies and gentlemen out there. So Svetlana Bilushkina and myself, Hanna Lindbeck, we have been creating this podcast now, trying to look from the outside in and from the inside out, what it's like to work in a corporation and what it's like to work for a corporation on ideas such as leadership, development, talent uh, development, talent management, what the future is going to look like. We've covered all kinds of topics for many episodes now, haven't we, Svetlana? We definitely have, Hannah. And what a journey uh, we started. Oh my gosh, I really had no idea where this was going to take us when we started off. I think uh, this is part of why we wanted to share this new format with you guys. We are deciding to experiment and we want to create an episode where there's actually no guests. Because it feels to me like in a way, the room is still buzzing with all the guests we've had here, Svetlana. Yeah, and I think we had a discussion with Johanna that we are learning so much. Yeah, so many reflections and so many interesting angles that we wanted to talk a bit more what we are learning and what we are learning from our guests who have been present in the studio, but also from our journey inside of Deutsche Telekom when we try to scout for talent, find the people, have a conversations with them and a lot of insights and learnings we have out of that journey as well, which we wanted to share just two of us in this episode. Mm. I think it's also, there is a moment right now, Svetlana, for actually telling our listeners about the talent initiative that you started this autumn. I know we've covered it before, but take us there again, just in your own words. Like, so, what is it the initiative has been about and what are you learning as you go into this now? Uh, so we were uh, rewiring us inside Deutsche Telekom and uh, trying to think a bit about business backwards, you know, trying to really understand what skills, what roles, what positions are emerging when we are transforming the team sites and how to scout for the people uh, who can take those roles in the future and how to connect people to those roles. So it was really our internal discovery journey. And uh, we decided to do it very openly and very vulnerably also to share with the world, you know, what is happening, what we are doing, to share what we do, but also learn from others and uh, see what is happening outside. So we decided to go with Hannah, you know, to look from the outside in and inside out and have a meaningful conversation with different people in DT, outside of DT. What do we, we mean by talent these days? When we are transforming mm -hmm. digitally, you know, what talent actually means, you know, what skill set are going to be required in the future and how to help us, all of us in the company to be a bit more ready for, for the future. So you actually head up this, uh, you, you're in HR, aren't you, in Deutsche Telekom? Uh, we just had a guest who said uh, he has the best job ever on this planet. So he is running digital. <laughs> I can say that I have the, one of the best jobs in DT. I'm running talent management. I Really? really believe in the you know, people potential and I'm super excited to have that role. Uh, I can really tell just from working with you in these last few months. And it has been so interesting for me to see how you guys have shaped the talent program and how you have kind of not gone about it. Because as a matter of fact, this program initiative, anyone can 
apply to join. Am I right? Yeah, and we are shaping it still. So we are on the journey. So we are not in the destination yeah. yet, but yet we are discovering people by being transparent about the roles and requirements we have, but also through opening up and allowing people to self-apply. Yeah, so if they see that they have the desire, if they have the skill sets, they can reach out to us, have a conversation, you know, have an assessment and be invited into the hub, which we really want to use more as our internal sourcing platform for the critical positions mm. of tomorrow. Because there's so many questions out there, like concerning talents. Really, you know what this has been for me, Svetlana, the last few months has been a real education for me. Stepping into what does the word talent really mean for an organization and where does it go wrong? And what are the strategic consequences when a company doesn't listen in to its own talents? And what are the strategic competencies, like losses when a company doesn't attract the right kinds of people? These questions are so much more fascinating than I thought they were going to be when we started out. Not that I thought it was going to be boring, but you know what I mean. Now, and you know, I also learn a lot myself these days. So I think if you remember one of our first episodes when we had Birgit, who is heading our HR, Birgit Bolle, and we had Adele, who is uh, leading T-Systems International uh, in Deutsche Telekom, and we talked about what do we mean by talent? Just there, yeah? And of course, yeah. we have a definition where we say we believe in four A's. It's about achievements. It's about ability for you to thrive in complexity and learn. It's about your attitude, which is more of a mindset, you know, growth mindset, outward mindset. And it's about your aspirations. Do you really want to? And um, we talk a bit about talent for what, again, what skill sets, what roles do you really want to? But then, Hannah, in the next episodes, every time we talk about talent, something else came up. Yeah? Yes. And it's the passion. Yes. This was maybe my biggest aha moment with taking all these people from different fields of expertise within Deutsche Telekom into the studio and then just sitting down to have a conversation about what talent growth and talent mindset and talent management and talent search, whatever, was going to mean to exactly their department. And then up comes this word again and again. And the word is passion. Like we didn't plan for that, did we, Svetlana? No, we did not. In a way, passion, I think what we meant in there was more of an attitude that you have towards work. But it came up so strongly and I was reflecting a lot that it also comes to maybe self-awareness and working on what makes you tick, yeah, on working on your topic. Again, you know, talent for what? What do you really want to do? So importance of self-awareness, understanding yourself, being open for feedback and also working on yourself that gives you passion. Yeah, you become in the flow and yeah. you know why you wake up in the morning and why you go to work every day. Yeah, I just got this picture like as if we, you know, the human zoo that we are. If you don't show your human passion... Human zoo, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are there. We're all animals. If you have a talent and if you don't show your passion for the talent that you have, it actually lessens your talent. And... And lo and behold, it will be much harder for any manager or someone who would employ you to actually see your talent if you don't come forth and have a passion for it. I would also argue probably that if you are passionate about something, you will get better at it. Would you agree with that? Um, I was thinking about passion the last days and uh, by coincidence, I heard Tony Robinson talking about passion behind. And he actually stated that 
for your success, 80% comes from passion and 20% comes from skill set. So 80% is the mindset you have towards what you do and the rest of the skill sets. And he also made a statement that passion is a habit and you can develop it. What do you think of that, Hannah? I don't know if it's just me, but I'm thinking that this word passion, it somehow clashes with and it's so still somehow relates to what we're going through right now with the COVID pandemic. Because I'm, I'm imagining now some kind of tired employee sitting in front of their like uh, WebEx screen at home going, okay, now she wants me to be passionate. You know, it's like, I would totally understand. That sounds like a bit of a demand too. So it is so important that we find our true passions, that we don't force this, isn't it? And yeah. that we actually go where our passions take us. And, but somehow I would say we should be able to ask for passion. I think so. From our colleagues, from our peers, from our leaders. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think, you know, what you're saying on a pandemic, uh, you have this, you know, tired employee, you know, I'm a mom of two kids who are homeschooled, it's crazy around here. <laughs> and you would, you, would, you would say, why would you ask me to be passionate for? But I think that is a moment of truth when we become much more self-aware about what mm. you stand for. Yeah. Oh, and yes. all the not needed things fall apart and you concentrate on the core. So again, comes back into self-awareness, knowing yourself oh, that. and knowing your story. And that story that. then gives you the energy and gives you the passion. And I also think, you know, because I work as a coach, of course, so I'm an external party here and I, I work as a performance coach and a communication coach and I teach all kinds of people, but I do teach some top executives as well as people lower down in organizations. And if I had a dollar for every client I've had since the COVID lockdowns around the world, who's come to me and kind of been more passionate now because they've become clearer about what their passion is and a lot of the kind of external paraphernalia is like falling away and suddenly they're going, I want to pursue my passion. So maybe COVID is also serving that a lot of us are coming closer to ourselves and closer to our truths. I, I think there is truth in what I hear now in the statements. I think we mm. became much more vulnerable and thus much more sincere and all of us at the same time equally. So that served uh, a really good purpose here. Yeah. But also, I would say your story to start, because you also mentioned, Hannah, uh, in the very beginning, the story part. You know, when I go deeper into the story mm -hmm. part, when I'm connecting to people and I'm having talent conversations or just, just a conversation, you know, what makes you tick? What are you working on? What are your experiences? You know, what do you want to go next? You know, what's your next role in here? Uh, very often, I hear stories. And I think there is something in the ability to, to tell your story. And if you remember, we had Mladen in one of our episodes. So he was with us and we explored commercial talent uh, a bit in there. And Mladen said commercial talent and the commercial area for him is in two questions. Why you should buy this product or service from me? Uh, why you should buy it and why you should buy it from me? Two questions. And I think the same comes to us as people, as talents. You know, why should I recruit you? And, you know, and why you? <laughs> so in a way, going deeper to tell your story, what do you stand behind? And the impact you make beyond all the activities you do. Yeah, we do 
if we do recruitment, we do, I don't know, product, we do finance, reporting, controlling, those activities, but your story behind it, you know, why you make a difference. You know, I find this so fascinating, Svetlana, because on the one hand, it feels so egocentric. Like, what is my story? Who would want to know my story? That sounds so... That sounds like I'm a peacock or something, you know? And I meet so many people and I, uh, they, like, I meet uh, someone and they've been told, you know, that we're going to start off by you introducing yourself and saying something about yourself. And this is a typical skill you actually need if you're going for a job interview, right? And so many of us find it so uncomfortable. And as I've grown into like my coaching practice, I've started asking people, what, what could you share that would share your values and your here we go again, passion and your platform so that whoever's interviewing you would actually know who you are, you know, tell your truth. And I find time and time again, the moment people do that, something happens, there's resonance and some kind of, you are remembered in a whole different way. It's really strange. It's like a phenomenon where when we do communicate ourselves transparently, you stand out and people will remember you. So in terms of if you're trying to get that job or show your talent or come across, we're kind of revisiting the same thing. Show your passion and maybe plan even how to introduce yourself, right? Rather than just going all embarrassed and self-aware and going, oh, I don't want to talk about myself. Be conscious of what you can share that would actually show people who you are. And again, we're going to self-awareness, right? Yes. True. Know yourself. <laughs> yes. So it feels like, a lot of the stuff that we're teaching here or investigating to do with talent and talent development and nurturing talent in yourself or others has to do with this topic of not going on the autopilot, of actually being self-aware and mindful of how you show up. Yeah. Tell a bit more about autopilot because you have many interesting stories and angles on being an autopilot, honey, and I learned that from you. So every time I right now I'm being much more cautious when I start being an autopilot. So what is it, <laughs> autopilot? <laughs> well, um, of course, so the human condition, of course, has a lot to do with being on autopilot. And for God's sakes, let's in a way keep it that way. Because when we wake up in the morning, our feet find their way to the ground and we start walking. And there's your first big autopilot right there. And I'm actually hearing that that's one of the most difficult things to teach robots is how to walk properly, because that's quite complex. And that's one of those things that our beings have kind of found out when we were little toddlers and decided how it works. And lo and behold, we should actually be grateful every morning we wake up and remember it. Now, that's a good autopilot. But when it comes to our habits in showing up with other people and showing up at work, you know, these are the places where I very often spend time with my clients investigating, like, what is your habit? And what do you end up doing when you don't think about it? Now, if your habits are good, for God's sakes, leave yourself alone. Those are good autopilots, like the walking. But if your habits, and as they often are, like, let's say you're a leader with some experience on your butt, and you've been around for a few years in the job that you have, a lot of us tend to do quite boring speech patterns, for instance, there's an autopilot. So if I don't think about it, I launch my internal Teams meeting and I'm the, you know, I'm leading the meeting and off I go with like, okay, guys, turn to page four and what you'll see there are the news for And off I go on like la-di-da-di-da. -di -da -di -da. 
This is a very typical autopilot for people who have experience with their field of expertise. And my challenge to them very often is like, how can you shake it up? How can you like wake yourself up and surprise yourself so that you keep being interesting to other people and keep actually being interested in the topic that you're visiting yourself? Was that where you wanted to go? Exactly. And that yeah. curiosity, when you are not an autopilot, you are being interesting and you are being interested, that mm. also becomes a habit, becomes a passion. Yeah. So that's what you have to work on yourself. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think passion is also a habit. Do you think, can passion be a habit? I think passion is a habit in a way if you are cautious about yourself, about what you yeah. do best, about your strength, and then you kind of always go a bit of more complexity and explore a bit more. That gives you passion yep. because you love what you do and you have bigger challenges and that keeps you motivated and uh, super excited. So back again. I'm also aware, Svetlana, that there's a flip side to this topic where being, uh, how would you say that, dispassionate? If I'm not passionate, if I'm like, I don't know if I care so much about that, that can actually seem like I have more authority sometimes. Being passionate is somehow being vulnerable. So I'm not saying it's the right kind of authority, but I would argue that I do meet some people who definitely have the habit of being dispassionate, right? That's true. And that in itself can be a killer for others. It's so this is also part of why it's so important to remember if you're fostering and nurturing talent, if you are one of those leaders who has actually got a talent in your staff and you're aware of it, make sure if you have like a level of dispassion or like how dare I say the word cynicism creeping in, as many people do after years in the corporate world, make sure you don't infect the talent you have in front of you, right? Yeah. And you know, it's my personal reflection uh, that I came to conclusion some time back. I tend to be passionate about what I do and I love my work. As I mentioned, I think I have the coolest job ever uh, working with people. But very often my openness and my passion and my maybe some naive approach to people is taking for inexperience. Yeah. Which is yes, a big mistake. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> but that's, you know, by default, you know, people can read you and can judge you that if you are so open and so ongoing, you might be, you know, younger, non-experienced one. Yeah. And they live to tell. They will be surprised, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a different point, Svetlana. And in a way, I think you're an example to me of exactly that. I sometimes look at corporations and I look at young, amazing people who come into an organization and they're full of vibrancy, they're full of passion, they're full of inspiration for the job that they do. And maybe also, lo and behold, they have some talent in there. And then the corporation, if it's a greedy and cold one, will kind of use them till they burn out. So you see these people who are kind of throwing themselves on the, on like working so much, they fall apart and, and not being mindful of their work-life balance and, and just kind of maybe also bathing in the idea that they are being seen as talents. It can be quite dangerous too. So being a mindful corporation, which it feels like you guys are being at the moment, it's also about fostering the talent over time, isn't it? Making sure we don't just burn out. Yeah. And especially in those in those pandemic and post-pandemic times when uh, we all of a sudden, in the very beginning, we tend to work much more 
these days. Yeah. So being online, being in meetings, doing your homework in the home office, that really has the impact on many of us. Super scary. Just even the fact of not taking any time in between your WebEx meetings, <laughs> you know, the very organic thing of the pause or the timeout, even that has kind of disappeared in these uh, extraordinary times. And it boils down again, Hannah, into what we heard so often across all our episodes with so many different people about mindfulness that was the one of the core topics yeah and how mm -hmm. to deal with that and how to nurture people and talents digitally yeah in this situation of post-pandemic that's one topic but another one is also habits and finding time and being disciplined in finding time because that is also our own responsibility uh, mm -hmm. to have that time you know to have that you know time and outlook for thinking for pausing, for reflecting. Uh, very often I look at my crazy outlook and I go, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, you don't have, have the time to breathe. And I started to put some breaks in there because you have to pause at some point in time. You have to reflect. Yes. You have to change this habit of continuous race that you have to get yep. more and more done. I remember when I got this one down, Svetlana, because uh, Barack Obama was still the president at the time. And I actually one day thought to myself, you know, even Barack Obama has to have a timeout. <laughs> even Barack Obama has to have a break sometimes. We are not machines. We need to recover. And like you say, this wonderful word to reflect, to have time to actually reflect. I don't think any of us are talents in any sense of the word, unless we actually do have time to resuscitate and to, to recover and to reflect. Those are all words on RE, aren't they? That's interesting. <laughs> so we've talked about so many things in these episodes. I think this sounds like one big commercial to go listen to the episodes, guys, because they are so interesting, these guests we've had on here. And exploring, you know, also for the future, I still feel we have to go beneath the surface on that one. We still have more work to do, but finding out what's it going to be like, you know, who are we competing against in the near future? We are going to be competing against AI. And what kind of human two zero do we need to show up with in order to meet that challenge? And again, we are, yeah, we're on the trail of it being a mindset for sure. So that's what we discovered in this last episode, wasn't it? That we we can redefine talent and say it's no longer being an expert doesn't anymore have to do with having 20, 30 years of expertise because no tool or app or device is that old. It's going to have to do with a kind of mindset with which you meet the new thing. And I think that is so central to how we as vulnerable, failureable human beings meet the future and the challenge of AI. I'm still curious about that one. I still want to get beneath the surface. We have to find the right person. We, to we, should, we should definitely <laughs> go there. And, you know, technology and technology and emotions yeah. and AI with emotions and, uh, you know, haptic gloves and all the topics which can be really interesting to explore and how we as humans will be interacting with digital identities going forward, you know. So that is uh, something to really explore more. So more to come. Hannah, which is just more to come. schedule. And I can just say I am in love with our concept about being on the human-centric angle, coming from the human-centric angle towards the corporate world. I think it's the whole clue of the whole thing. We spend so much of our life at work 
It is such an interesting thing to train human beings when they are at work because so many of us really, really want to do a good job. And having these investigations with all these different people, I'm just finding it more and more interesting. So more to come, Svetlana. More to come. To find out the deeper meaning of talent and its human aspects in business environments, subscribe to the Human Centric Podcast and stay tuned.